Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Last week, we, we talked about the creation, how God created the heavens and the earth. And we, we, we talked about that darkness was over the earth. It was dark, there was void, and there was no form. It was formless, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over it. And we talked about that was the picture of salvation, that we are all formless. We were all void. You just heard Mike's testimony. He was formless and void until about the last six months of his life. Then the Holy Spirit breathed on him, and now things are beginning to come to form. Even today, Mike, it's just, a, it's just a picture. It's just another glimpse of a step, even of your future, having that opportunity to share what God is doing in your life, taking the platform that God has given you, and that I'm going to use that for the glory of God instead of the glory of Mike. Yeah. I'm going to use it for his glory. I'm going to deflect the glory and give it to him. By the way, that should be all of our role, right? To deflect the glory and give it to God. And so you're seeing a little bit of that, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over it. And that's like a sign of salvation. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit came in. The light came, lived inside of you. And things that were formless and void began to get formed. And remember I told you, throughout Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. And there was God said, let the earth and the water separate. God said, God said, God said, all the way through Genesis 1. We call that the Greek word ex nihilo, out of nothing, which says to all of us in this room that God could take our nothing, nothing, and make something beautiful. He doesn't need something to make something beautiful. He can take nothing. By the way, what do we really have to give to God? Nothing. And he can make something beautiful out of your life. You might be sitting in the room formless and voidless today, meaning you keep looking for satisfaction to fill that void, but it was created by God, so only God will fill it for you until you get like Mike and go, I'm just, I'm surrendering this to God. Are you hearing me, young people, to go, no, no, I just want God in my life. I promise you the, the plan that God has for your life versus your plan, it will be the great adventure is waiting for you if you choose the Lord. Can I get a witness on this? The great adventure. So we, we see the beauty of creation. God put it in Genesis 1 just so that we would have reverence and awe. I mean, think about it. Let there be light. And there was. He didn't need anything. He just, he just, did you know the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue? That, and that's what Javonda was saying. I just started speaking over my children, speaking, let it be. They will serve the Lord, serve him. And now she gets to see and wanted to be here. She didn't really come for Saturday night. They came for Sunday to see and watch their son actually living out the words that they were speaking. Are, are y'all tracking with me? Am I, am I at our Savior's church? I just want to make sure. So we, we see God create, and then he creates man and woman. And remember at the end of each day, he said, this is good. This is good. And then he creates Adam and Eve. Adam, he created from the dirt. Oh, I love that. And the Bible says he formed him. Which just me, I, for any of y'all have ever played with Play-Doh? Anybody? Anybody here? I mean, you, ever, you ever make a man or a woman out of Play-Doh? You know, you, you do the roles. 
there's a leg. There's another leg. And then the round, there's the body. You know, you stick it all together. And then he breathed in it. Real simple. But that's not how he created Eve. (laughs) See what I'm saying? No, no, that's not what he did with Eve. He fashioned Eve. He fashioned Eve, which means he took her time. He took his time because she's more intricate. Some of us would use a few other words. But anyway, no, no. In fact, Eve, I would just say this, girls, I'm with you on this. Girls, the women in this room are the crown of his creation. It's the only thing that you hear of where he goes, he formed Adam. But he fashioned Eve. And, and come on, man, we should say amen. The crown of his creation. It's why when you first saw her, you know her, the girl you're with, she took your breath away. It's like, whoo, whoa, the breath. Wow, man, she's, oh, she's gorgeous. <sighs> you were in awe of her. Uh, and so he cre- and then at the end of that, he says, and he puts them together. Remember, they says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. They were both naked. They were unashamed. He, and I love this about the word. It even says that God allowed, God doesn't even name Eve. He names man, but he doesn't name the woman. He lets Adam name her. He just brings the gift to him. I would, I can't wait. I hope when we get to heaven, there's like a, there's like a, a YouTube channel that you can watch all of this. Like the, God's gonna go, yeah, yeah, check my YouTube channel. And, and then they bring Eve out. Can you imagine Adam? Because remember, this, he, he was naming animals and he couldn't find anybody that was like him. And he's just naming stuff. It is not good for man to be alone. And then God says, Adam, I got something for you. For me, a gift. And then he brings her. The only thing, I, the closest you get to it, men, is your wedding day. And, and, and though you've already seen her, though. That's the thing, you've already seen her. But remember, you're not supposed to see her on the wedding day. Do they, y'all still do that? Y'all need to bring that back. You're not supposed to look at her until they open the church doors at the back. Church, oh, we don't get married in church anymore. I'm sorry, am I... Am I bad pastor my bad I'm sorry and they opened the church doors and I remember standing up there and watching when they opened those doors there's the dress I mean Heidi was back there and it's like and then she walked all the way you're looking at her and you're like gosh she's so beautiful oh I can can you imagine Adam just go, whoa, that's, whoa. I think he went, whoa, man. Whoa, man, woman, woman, woman. I'm gonna call her woman. And he said, this is very good, right? So, and, and God's like, y'all be fruitful. Y'all be fruitful, y'all multiply. Kenny G, hit it, hit it. Luther, Luther. And then we get, let's pick up with chapter two. I'm going to do this quickly. I am. I'm going to read the scripture. 
The, then the Lord God took the man. This is 50, chapter 2, 15, 17 for, those, for the screen. Lord, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of the tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat, you shall surely die. So you may surely eat of every tree. This, this incredible place, but there's one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, this one, one, one tree, one. You can eat of all of them, all yours. Can you see the generosity of God? No, no, everything's for you, everything. Eat, Lord, can I eat from this one? Eat all of them, everyone. This one, yes. How about this one? Yes. This one? Yes. Your kids ever do that to you? This one? Yes. How about this? Yes. Just not this one. And he tells him, so this was, this was God's world. It was a good world, very good world. In fact, that's what God said. One voice. Everybody say one voice. There's only one commandment. One voice. Perfect world. He's got the perfect partner, woman, Eve. He's in a perfect environment, one voice, just one, and one commandment. And then all of a sudden we get the other voice. And the young people, listen to me. It's important, listen to me, if I could just beg you, I would say to my kids, be careful of the voices that you allow into your life. So he's got God's voice, he's got Eve's voice, and now they're going to let this other voice come in. In fact, we're going to pick it up, who's going to actually challenge God's voice. And in Genesis chapter three, verse one, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So the New Testament indicates that the serpent is Satan, and he is described here in the scripture as being crafty, and he's the one who strikes up the conversation with Eve. Of course, we know how the story plays out, right? Eve's going to take the fruit. You know what kind of fruit it was? It was a, no, it was a mango. Everybody knows that. You wouldn't sell your soul for an apple. Come on, everybody. It's a mango. No, we don't know what kind of fruit it was. That's, yeah, we don't know. But it had to be a mango. Here's the question. So the serpent comes in and starts talking to Eve. Here's the question. Where was Adam? Where was Adam at? God God had called him to tend the garden, keep the garden, rule over the garden. And all of a sudden now Adam is let a serpent strike up a conversation with his wife and the, the serpent twisted God's word. He's at the camp. There was a woman that just yelled out, yes. Let's pray for that marriage right now. And, and look what he says. Did, did, did God actually say you shall not, eat, shall not eat of any tree in the garden? God didn't say they could not eat of any tree in the garden. He said they could eat from every tree but every tree. So, so for the first step in distorting Adam and Eve's worldview was twisting the word view. It's still the same tactic that the enemy is going to use on you and I today. He's going to twist what God said or what God meant. 
Satan was not calling, watch this, he's not calling into question the existence of God. He's calling into question the goodness of God. Is God really for you? Or is he holding out on you? Every single young person in the room, every single one of us who were young at one time walked through this very thing where you, where you just went, I, I'm, with your parents, when your parents go, no, you can't do that. No, you, you're not going there. And you go, well, they're just holding it. They just don't want me to have it. They're holding out. When all along, God was simply trying to protect them because he could see further than you. Track with me. God, did really say, well, watch it. Did God really say that we cannot have sex? No, 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 that's not what he said. He didn't say that. He said that we can have sex, but in the right context, in the context of a marriage between a man and a woman. That's what he said. Anything outside of that, you put yourself into the danger zone and out from underneath the protection of God. And then you will also reap the consequences of that because God is so good that he won't even allow us to go and to live in sin without us paying the consequences to drive us back to the very place where we can find forgiveness for our sin and do it his way. Can I get a witness anywhere in the room? So watch this. He goes from doubting God's word to even the denial of God's word. Listen to what happens next. In verse two through five, chapter three. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Watch this. Eve's response is a paraphrase to what God said, but she adds some things and she subtracts some things. She said, she, she left out, he said, you surely can eat from all of them. But she also said, but then she added that they cannot touch the tree in the midst of the garden. So maybe Eve added to and subtracted from God's word Ready? Watch this. Because she really didn't know God's word. You can't stand on the word if you don't know the word. I so appreciate it, Mike. We forgot to tell this real important part of the story, right? Because you even said, even now that you've been at LSU, when you're facing something and you're not sure what to do or you're feeling something, you still pick up the phone and call mama and mama says, baby, the word says, and he gets the word in him and goes, then that's what I'm going to do, what the word says. I'm going to stand on the word. You can't stand on something you don't know. So look at me and I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick synopsis of this past Wednesday night. And I brought up first John chapter two, where John is writing. He said, here's where all men are. And I asked the men in the room. So I'm asking all of you now, because men are women. He said, where are you? He said, I write to you children. And he's not talking about physical children. He's talking about spiritual children. He goes, I write to you children because 
your sins are forgiven. How many of you remember when you got born again that all of your sins were forgiven and you felt like the weight of the world was off of your shoulders? How many of y'all remember that? You remember that? You have God forgiven. He goes, and then I write to you, young men. He said, because you're strong and the word of God is in you and you have overcome the evil one. That's the next step. You, you should move from being a child just to be going, uh, my sins are forgiven. Mike just gave us a sample of it. He said, I'd go, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Mike. Was this right? Shake your head just enough. I'd go party on Friday and repent on Sunday. That's, that's how children do it. That's what children do. I'm just glad my sins are forgiven. But then he says, but you, and did you know Paul wrote, he said, there has to be a time in your life when you get off the milk and you start getting on the meat. Children need milk. Young men need, need meat. And you go, and so he writes, he says, you young men, you're strong in the Lord. The word of God is in you and you have overcome the evil one. How did they overcome? By having the word of God in them. That's what Javonda was showing you. I speak this over my children. Did you hear that prayer over your children? She was praying the word. Your strength is not in you. The strength is the word that's in you that comes out of your mouth. How do you know if you're a young man yet? You've overcome some things. That's what you heard Mike's testimony. You heard from being a child to being a young man. Now, are there still temptations there, Michael? Of course there are. Here they come, and now you can recognize them and go, no, no, let me get the word. Either you know it, or I'm going to call mama and get it so I can defeat the temptation because I'm a strong man of God, and I've overcome the enemy by the word of the Lord. Are y'all tracking? No, no, no. Don't track with me. Identify yourself. You might still be here going, I'm still a child. Look, I've, I've, I've been in church for 33 years. There have been some people in our church for 20 years, through my history, 20 years that are still in kindergarten. We, we just stay, they stay in church because that's the only way they, they go. The only way I can get to heaven is stay in church because I got to repent on Sunday for what I did on Friday. They never overcome. What does that mean, overcome? It means things that used to be a temptation to you are no longer a temptation to you now. I used to, but now I don't. Do you want, no, I have no desire to do that. But then he goes on to list and he says, and then I write to you fathers, and I'll add mothers. I write to you fathers and mothers because you have been with the Lord since the beginning. What's a father and mother? The father and mother is once, was once a child who repented of their sins got the word in them and became overcomers more than a conqueror and they've been walking with God for so long now and seen the faithfulness and the goodness of God that things that used to bother them when they were a child or a young man no longer bother them anymore because they have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and he is always faithful to every single one of his promises they are yes 
and amen. He will come through when he decides he's coming through. And I'm going to go pray and go on to bed. And I'll see y'all in the morning. Are y'all tracking with me? I got any mothers or fathers and God's good. It's all right. David said, I hid the word of God in my heart so I may not sin against you, Lord. Are y'all checking? So here's Eve. She doesn't know the word. Adam, he ain't nowhere around. She's adding, subtracting. And so the, the serpent twists Eve's worldview by twisting her word view because the way she viewed the word, because of the way that she, she didn't know the word, she falls for it. Watch what it goes on to say. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, saw, it was a delight to her eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her. There's Adam. I thought he was at the camp. He wasn't at the camp. He was there. He came to church with her on Sunday. Oh, that spiritual thing. I just go with her to make her happy. Look at me. Men, can I talk to you? You and I are going to stand before God. You and I will stand before God. And he will ask us to present the woman that he gave you to him. That is the garden that he gave you to tend and to keep. It is your responsibility. And you're going you're to watch here how Adam tries to get himself out of it. Just like every man ever since the first Adam's been trying to get himself out of it. I don't know if that was a man clapping or a woman clapping right there. <laughs> been trying to get himself out of it. And it, it is, it, there he is. It's even worse. He's with her, letting her talk to the snake. I don't know about you. We had a snake at my house. It got up into the chicken house. It rolled up itself all up in there, waiting for the eggs to come out. He was, he's a, he's, I don't know, seven foot tall. I don't know, he's long, longer than the rake. And Heidi goes out and she looks and I hear the scream. Ah! <laughs> Eugene, there's a snake in there. And I went, ah! <laughs> then I stopped. And wait, wait a minute, I'm supposed to do something about this snake. Here we go. I had a shotgun, a knife, a rake, a shovel. <laughs> How many of y'all with me? I don't, you, what kind of snake was that? I don't care. There's only one kind of good snake in my book. That's a dead snake. Don't come up. Don't send me no emails telling me all the good snakes. There is no good snake. That's where it started in the Bible. The only good snake is a dead snake in Jesus' name. Watch this. He eats it with her. They ate. Both their eyes were open. They knew that they were naked. And they started sewing fig leaves together and made themselves cloths. And we've been sewing fig leaves ever since. Oh, we walk into church. Oh, bless God. Praise God. Glad I'm here. It's just, just fig leaf. 
I, I so appreciate about Mike being transparent. He, he didn't come up here and go, I've been living for God all my life. No, he said, no, three months ago, I made the change. I made the choice. Those seeds were planted in his life all along. And then three months ago, God just brought the watering can. And now we're starting to see the bloom and blossom of that life. No more fig leaves, Mike. No more fig leaves. They ate the forbidden tree. Adam and Eve saw the world in a very different way. No longer as before. But now they knew they were naked. And they hid from God because they knew they'd done wrong. It always amazes me how people hide from God instead of running to God. Watch this. It gets worse. In Genesis 3, verse 8, tells us, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called the man and said, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? By the way, God never asks a question because he doesn't know where you are. He's asking Adam so Adam will discover where he's at. Man of God, Wednesday night, where are you? I, I know there was excuses and I, I mean, re, real reasons that you couldn't be there. You might have to get a, do away with something in order to create the room. But that's the day and the hour. Listen to me, men. Men of God, listen to me. That's the hour we're in. There's no more playing. There's no more children milk stuff. It's time to get on the meat. It's, it's that moment in history and time. Where are you, Adam? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Let me translate it. It was the woman and I am the victim. Oh, we've been claiming to be victims ever since. Oh, listen to me, what our culture is going to try to make a victim out of every one of you. It's going to try to make you a victim if you're black. It's going to try to make you a victim if you're white. It's going to try to make you a victim if you're Hispanic. It's going to try to make you a victim. It's going to try to make you a victim if you're rich. It's going to try to make you a victim if you're poor. It's going to try to make you, it's going to just try to keep dividing every single person. It's going to make you a victim if you're not a Christian. If you are a Christian, it's going to try to make you a victim. It's, we're, we're right back. We keep doing, running the same play over and over again. We're like uh, less miles offense at LSU. Same play over and over again. Some of you men will get that, or and women. You know, Adam was disobedient. Adam was a leader. God commanded him to keep the garden and to work it. And God's commanded you to keep your garden and you to work it. And God gave him the job of cultivating, tending, and guarding the garden. And that includes Eve. This was not Eve's fault. It was Adam's fault. And it's still our fault. I wish Adam and Eve would have been Cajuns. Because they would have eaten the snake instead of the apple and saved us a lot of trouble. Watch this. Watch this. Just as God cast Satan out of heaven, just as God cast Satan out of heaven, Adam should have cast the serpent out of the garden. 
But because he failed to cast the serpent out, then the serpent is the reason that they were cast out from the garden, the separation from God. Look at me, men. If you don't get that serpent out of your marriage and expel him out, then don't be surprised one day when that serpent expels you out of your marriage. You got to get that serpent out of the relationships, your friendships that you have. You got to get that out. If one day it will hurt you more than would ever hurt them. Are you tracking with me? Are you seeing? He comes. He didn't come like. He, 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 he prefers the way of the snake, the enemy. You know, snakes, I, I walked across one the other day at my, at my house. You don't see them. You don't see, you just be walking along like, yeah, I'm, I'm all that. Ah! I mean, it, it's, you don't see them. He, he prefers that way to twist, to turn. Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, which is a way of saying they were separated from God. I got some good news. Listen, Paul says this about the consequences of Adam's sin. We're closing. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because of sin. We love, we're Adam's family. Paul says that sin came into the world through one man, Adam, which means that God holds him responsible, and death came through sin, so every person is dead spiritually, and every person will die physically. Thank you, Adam. But I got some good news. Oh, before I give you that. So the moral decay of our culture that we're watching you're watching it on, on your news feeds, is a direct result of disobedience to God's word. Wherever there is disobedience, there will be disorder, there will be destruction, and there will be death. Wherever you see disobedience to God's word. Look at me right here. I know, but I just feel like, no, 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 there is no I feel like. No, no, I do not stand over God's word and you judge it whether it's right or it's wrong. You stand under God's word and it judges you whether you're right or you're wrong. Oh, there's gonna be, it's gonna take some courage for the days that are coming ahead. Listen to me. I think we do it in love. There's only, there's only one way in which we, you do it in love because we love people. Love everybody. We were all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and we're gonna have to, but we are gonna have to stand on God's word. We're gonna take some courage. You're gonna have to be a, you're going to be God's man to stand. So that's the bad news. This, the, this world is dark, it's broken, it's separated. But there's also good news. Jesus comes into the world. For God so loved the world. Loved not hated, not mad at. He so loved this darkened world that he sent his only son, his one and only son. I got one son, one, one. This place was on fire. I'd help all y'all get out. I would. I'd pr probably make sure William got out first. William, get out. And then, because I'm, that's, I may die, but I'm not going, William, you get out. That's my... I love y'all. I just love my son more. Sorry. Burn, baby, burn. Just go. No, I'm teasing. 
God so loved us that he gave the one that he loved the most. We were born into Adam's family. We are sinful. We are fallen. And Jesus is our only hope. The first Adam ruined it, but Jesus, the scripture tells us, is the second Adam. He came, to the one ruined it, and the second Adam has come to redeem it. He come to put it all back together the way it was supposed to be. His name is Jesus. And we have that opportunity to be born again. Everybody say born again. That's right. That's the word. That's the Jesus word. To be born again. Don't you wish sometimes you could just be born? I wish I could start over. I wish I had a mulligan. Teddy. I wish we had a redo. I wish I could just start over. I wish I could be born again and get another shot at this life. I got great news for you. You can. You can be born again. Not physically, Nicodemus asked. I can't go back into the womb of my mother. But he wasn't talking physical, he's talking spiritual. Your life could begin brand new. And we have the opportunity, not born from below, but born again and above from this heavenly worldview. So if you're born once, you die twice. But if you're born twice, you only die once. I want to just pray for you today. If you're here today and you're, born, you, you're, you're far from God, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as you've never been born again. You, you've, been, you've been in the vicious cycle over and over again. Christians, would you begin to pray? Everyone bow your head, close your eyes. Just a few more minutes. If you're here today, no one's moving. If you're here today, today's the day. This is your moment. Young people, listen to me. This is your moment. Surrender it. Thank you, thank you, Mike, for just being a picture. A real young man, real struggles, real redemption, real surrender. And now we're watching what you're doing with that. Thank you, Mike. It's your work, God. You can be born again. You can start over. How do you do it, Pastor? You, easy. Admit you're a sinner. You got to admit first. You got to start. You got to. You got to start at the humble place, man. You got to just got to get real, and go. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know what I'm doing is wrong, and I should not do this anymore. I'm sick of it. Look, at, I mean, don't look at me. Just listen to me. I am very concerned about the promiscuity of our generation, the young generation that's coming up even the promiscuity in our community. And we keep acting like little children. Let me get to the church and repent so I can feel better and then I keep giving in to the flesh. When it's time to become a young man or a young woman that you've overcome by the word of the Lord that's in you. Admit it. Be, believe that Jesus loved you so much that he came and he died on a cross to bridge the gap of separation between you and God. What does that mean? It means the cross was Jesus was penalized on our behalf. He took the spanking for us. He took the penalty for us so we wouldn't have to take the penalty. Death. But he also rose again from the grave, didn't he? so that we could rise again. What does that mean? 
It means that your last birth, breath, when this physical body dies, your last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven where you will be with him for eternity. And then see, confess him as Lord. What does that mean? Make him the boss. He's the boss. You heard Mike's testimony. Not, not what I want to do, but what do you want me to do, God? God wanted him to go to LSU. Guess what he did? He went to LSU. And there'll be another decision in Mike's life and in yours and in mine. God, what do you want me to do? And he'll tell you. And then you do it. Because he's smarter than you. And he loves you. He's the boss. If you're ready today to be born again, I want to pray with you right now. Every head bowed, eye closed. If that's you today, and go, today's the day. I'm getting born again. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering it to him. Would you just hold your hand up high all over this building? I'll pray for you. Hold up high. Don't be ashamed. Thank you. I see your hands are going up all over the building. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up high. Don't be ashamed. Young people, hold up high. Thank you. I see your hands. Congregation, let's pray with, with these. This, this prayer's not magic. It has to be a cry of your heart. Would you say, dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sin. I'm tired of living this way. I don't want to be my own boss. I want to make you the boss. I'm tired of being my own God. I want you to be my God. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God all the praise for that?